0: Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Movie Brats podcast. I am Carter and joining me as always is jonathan how are you doing jonathan i know you're very excited to talk about the first movie here i know i was you know not like super looking forward to it
1: because i didn't even know about it until it like basically came out and then it was like everyone was saying oh my god this movie's so good and what is that movie carter
0: that movie is godzilla minus one it is the latest installment the 37th Film in the Godzilla franchise, which I think most people thought was almost a dead franchise before this came out. Uh, It was directed by Takashi Yamazaki, who also wrote the movie and did all of the visual effects for it. Uh, It stars Minami Itikawa and Shuji Abe. Uh, It is set in post war Japan, or I guess it starts during the war, um, as the effects of the war have been devastating on the Japanese people. And to add to the horrible state of all of their lives a brand new devastating creature is about to be unleashed on japan godzilla it originally premiered october 18th in japan and was released wide in the u.s december 1st a metacritic score of 80 and a ron tomato score of 98 and just within the past week it crossed over the hundred million dollar barrier at the box office which is a pretty incredible return considering its budget was below 15 million dollars u.s um, I'll let you go ahead and, and talk about it because you're so excited. <laughs> I
1: know. So I'm totally a monster kid. I grew up in the two gateway drugs for watching older movies were the classic comedies like Charlie Chaplin, Buster Keaton, W.C. Fields, the Marx Brothers, and the Universal Monster films specifically, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, you know, talking to James Whale, Todd Browning, Boris Karloff, bella go see like that's what really hooked me into watching black and white movies when i was young and i really am not at all a godzilla expert i've seen the original og 1950s japanese uncut version of godzilla i've seen bits and pieces of some of the sequels and i'm sure i've seen some of the entire films but uh and then i saw the gareth edwards evans i always forget gareth Yes, uh, who uh, did the one that's almost about a decade old now that had a uh, very eclectic cast. It had Brian Cranston and Juliette Binoche getting killed off in like the first five minutes of the movie. And <laughs> uh, Elizabeth Olsen and uh, Sally Hawkins. And anyway, um, I will say, though, that you said like the people thought this franchise was dead. I've heard one of the best ones is came out like in the last 10 years is Shin Godzilla. I've heard that's really good, too.
0: Not an American movie, uh, right?
1: yes uh, it's a japanese one correct yeah uh but uh i went into this movie not even knowing like a week before it came out that there was a new godzilla movie and then i saw people saying like dude this is like the best godzilla movie that's ever been made like it's even better than the original i was like oh it's you know i'd go see a godzilla movie and i went to see it in imax And I was just immensely entertained. And one of the things that makes it such a good movie, I mean, it's legitimately in my top 10 of 2023 right now, uh, is that the the human story is as good, if not better than the monster parts. And that's never true in a monster movie, like hardly ever. Uh, Like you could take out all the monster stuff and it would still be a compelling uh, drama. And then you add on to it a giant, awesome lizard (laughs) with spikes coming out of his back and blowing, you know, fire and stomping on cities. And it is just it. The movie just so delivers. It's like this is the I mean, if you're going to make a Godzilla movie, this is how you do it. And one of the reasons I think it's called Godzilla Minus One is that it's actually set before the original movie because Mm -hmm. it's set right at the end of world war ii and right afterwards and it's a film that shows the effects on the japanese people uh post-war and it's just i mean i was like i was shocked how much i enjoyed this film it's just immensely entertaining on every level. I mean, when the music comes in, the dun, 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 dun. I mean, I like been listening to that on YouTube, like over and over again, just that like theme song, uh, that theme music in, I mean, and it's amazing that it's like such a low budget movie because like, it's has better CGI than like any Marvel movie in the past 10 years. I mean, it's like ridiculous how good it yes, is
0: on a pretty low budget,
1: um, Yeah. And I just, I mean, I I mean, the audience, I, I, this is one of the few movies I've seen two films last year in the theater twice. I saw Oppenheimer and I saw Godzilla. It would make a very long, but it would actually make an interesting double feature.
0: Yeah. Cause it, cause the sort of, uh, it is the sort of subtext in the original Godzilla, but very much made text in this one is that basically the atomic bomb is what makes this monster. Is that, is that sort of the reasoning they give in the original? they don't know yeah, I mean, it though
1: that, that's text in the original
0: okay <laughs> yeah, yeah i thought it was more just like a commentary on the nuclear age <laughs> no but uh you know
1: there is the um american re you know kind of recut version where they add raymond burr like there'll be like people you know falling out of a train and s- the city's being squashed and then like you cut to uh raymond burr looking out a window and commenting on what he's just seen by the way you know what his character's name is no Steve Martin. Oh. <laughs> uh anyway, but yeah, I just I mean this this new movie is uh I mean I just like I got my mom to see it and like I don't know that she would have at all been interested. In, you know, not that she's like, you know, oh, I couldn't see a monster movie, but uh, she thoroughly enjoyed it. And it's like like I I defy anyone unless they're just like absolutely like I'm just not going to want to see a Godzilla movie. Like go see this movie, you're going to be entertained yes. more than you could imagine yeah
0: and it's just like a classic genre movie like it's got great like supporting characters you got the scientists you got the sort of old wise and seaman. you got the young up-and-coming inexperienced guy who really wants to prove his value And you've got a pretty interesting sort of family story at at the middle of it. And also like a a pretty interesting depiction of of post-war Japan, which I know like American audience are familiar with what a hard time Japan went through after the war. But uh, it really brings it home in the first – not the first scene because the first scene is a pretty crazy Godzilla attack. But the sort of immediate aftermath where you see the bombed out Tokyo and uh, what people are doing to survive and um, how so many family members have died during the war and stuff like that. was very good period piece in a lot of ways, which I wasn't necessarily expecting.
1: Well, it's like you said; it's a film about family, but it's kind of a broken family, not a yes. traditional family, because like the child is not the actual child of the of the one who's taking care of her, the mother, and then the the man and woman are not married. Yes, uh, but there's like he doesn't even realize he loves her until it's too late i know or is it, or is it? I, just, <laughs> I mean i i just i mean the i mean did you see it with an audience who was like, yes really receptive to, yes very like, much I so mean, i mean yeah i mean it's like when godzilla like i mean i, I feel like i'm the chris farley show remember that scene <laughs> <with Godzilla? laughs> yeah but like i mean but i have to do it it's like when you know he picks up the train like there's a real like uh weight to it like it doesn't just feel totally like computer effects like empty no. like it feels there's like a and, and i'm mean, but it's so cool when he like shoots his fire breath and like yes like it, it's just like a and it's it, it's it's like it's kind of like the scene in oppenheimer where like you don't hear anything for a few seconds but it's like <laughs> it's just so cool. It's so cool. What's, yeah, I'm just speaking out about how. Awesome
0: well, we come is. from this from such opposite perspectives because you've you've seen a lot of the Godzilla movies. You're like a Godzilla fan. I really haven't seen well, it all. Well, you're not. Yeah, it's I not mean, like you're a hardcore guy, but you've seen way more a, than I have.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm I've seen more of that type of movie than you.
0: Yes, but even I like know like oh shit, it's the the big fire breath. <laughs> and stuff like that so even someone who's like tangentially familiar with godzilla as a character is is sort of aware of the kind of things that he does and and and, but the movie works so well that you could have never
1: seen a single godzilla film and totally watch this on its own yeah oh yeah yeah. deliver i mean i would certainly recommend watching the original uncut japanese film if you've never seen any of them before this one but uh it's it's uh you Know not homework, uh, and I and I just think that, uh, you know, it's like if you want if you're going to see a monster movie, like this movie is exactly what you want. I mean, what? it's just so there.
0: It reminded me in a lot of ways of Top Gun Maverick, um, sort of like old intellectual property, if we want to like call it that these days. I think it's sort of sort of icky to say like IP and stuff like that because it kind of you know it's like saying content, um, but that's what it is, and brings but like a, yeah but when it's as good as this or Prey was another one where yes. like you can make original
1: really you know good genre movies that are based on existing material if you like just make a good movie and it's also yeah. not like you know just so attached to like you know making fans happy that it doesn't like be a, an actual movie itself that's one of the problems with these IIP movies is sometimes they just feel like like, it's made in service. The lab. Yeah, and, I mean, this movie so delivers, but it doesn't feel like, you know, it's just... It's know, not like it, a paid-by-numbers Godzilla movie. Oh, no, it's just, like, so lovingly made. Like, you can tell the people who made it are, like, really serious Godzilla fans.
0: Yeah, and you've got a, a real breakout character with the hot scientists, as people have been calling it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's
1: yeah, well, I, I do think it's interesting. I mean, I kind of like, uh, against my better judgment, like the King Kong Godzilla movie, and like I'll go see the new one, I'm sure. But like the like the the last King Kong Godzilla movie like pales in comparison to how awesome yes. Godzilla minus one is. Yes. Uh, and uh, it's made for like you know how many times the budget? I'm sure. Oh my uh, god!
0: Like at least ten times, maybe more, like twenty. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So I mean, I just
1: like like this is legitimately in my top ten. Like there are films that like like I'm I'm guaranteed that half the films that are going to be nominated for best picture. You didn't like as much (laughs) as this? No, (laughs) like it's not as you know. It's like well, I mean, I mean, I mean, there are a lot of really good films from twenty twenty three. But like you know, I liked it more than Maestro. I liked it more. I liked it more than Poor Things. Even. I mean. Oh,
0: oh, I I wouldn't quite go that far. Um. I did, I mean, I really, really, it's like such a crowd pleaser. Um, that's another thing that reminded me of Top Gun Maverick. It's just like unapologetically like a crowd pleasing movie. Like oh yeah, what you want to see happen happens in, in a lot of ways. And it's not, right. you know, there are curves to getting to that place. And that's what makes it interesting. Um, but I, I couldn't imagine many people paying, you know, 10 to however much you have to pay to see a movie these days, $20 Like being like, wow, that was a waste of money. Like, what a waste of time. I think most people who go to see this would be like, wow, that what a great time at the movies seeing Godzilla minus one. And you know, we really, I mean, we appreciate movies that push boundaries and and movies that challenge people and art house movies and experimental movies. But a lot of times, it's really fun to just see like a crowd pleasing, fun movie that absolutely delivers. (laughs) And you know, as you said, you you came back for more. You went and saw it again. So. Um, yeah, uh,
1: I remember like Werner Herzog once said that uh, he felt like Jean-Luc Godard was counterfeit cinema compared to a good kung fu movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I like Godard, but it's like there is, you know, something about some people get so kind of up their ass about film that it's like, do you even like movies? But yeah. Like, do you enjoy like th- well, this that's movie... the,
0: That's the thing. I mean, like movies are supposed to be like a popular art form. Like, yeah, it's supposed to be kind of for everybody. Like not right. everyone wants to go see Poor Things or Maestro or, or something like that, but Godzilla minus one really is for everybody. If like if you're willing to see it, you're you're gonna like it. Like I'd be hard pressed unless unless you're like one of these contrarians. who are like, oh, there's such good reviews. I'm gonna like hate this because it's stupid, um, which is not a fair way to go into a movie. Um, so yeah, I think we're very effusive in, the, in our praise of this. Mine not quite as much as you. I don't think it would make my my top ten, but. For movies that cross the hundred million dollar box office barrier, it's definitely in my top five of this year. Well, oh, and
1: it's and it's crazy. I mean, it is like a big monster movie, but like that, it's a foreign language film has done this well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. it's done really well in the U.S. I think in the uh, next, unlike movie, the
1: other one, unlike the other one, which has a dubbed version, which is it's like which I saw. Uh, yeah, which oh, that's not good. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, I've
0: literally you know, we'll talk about it when we talk about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was going to say though that I mean, someone pointed out like all animated films are dubbed, so it's not really so bad to ha- watch something that's my you know. rationale. Yeah, and it's like you focus more on the visuals, but we're already oh, yes. reviewing the next. Do oh, you want to say what one we're watching? Sure, or, um, watching, they, reviewing it was,
0: it was an incredible weekend in December that that made me very happy as as someone who cracks box office results to see that two of the top three movies for the weekend of December 8th to 10th were foreign movies, Japanese movies specifically. Uh, And the other one obviously, Godzilla Minus 1 was one. I think it was number two at the box office and the other one was number three. I can't remember what was number one. Maybe uh, my brain will be jogged. But the other one is The Boy and the Heron, uh, the latest film by Japanese anime author Hayao Miyazaki uh, who has previously directed My Neighbor Totoro, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirited Away, among many, many others. He's probably the most loved Anime or animated feature director, maybe since or Walt Disney was not a director, so maybe he is the most beloved animated film director of all time. Uh the dubbed version, which I saw as a voice cast, including Christian Bale, Robert Pattinson, and Florence Pugh. Uh, it is also set, well, also set. This the Godzilla minus one is World War II, and then the immediate aftermath. But Boy and the Heron is set during World War II in Imperial Japan, where after the law loss of his mother a boy moves out to the country with his father and his new stepmother and is introduced to a mysterious world by a gray heron it originally premiered in japan july 14th and was released wide in the u.s december 8th a metacritic score of 91 and a rotten tomato score of 97 uh how many other Hayao miyazaki movies have you seen jonathan
1: not all of them but i think i've seen uh a good More, deal. I've seen I've seen uh, over half the films he's directed at least. There's yeah. some he's just produced. I've seen Spirited Away, How's Moving Castle, My Neighbor Totoro,
0: Kiki's Delivery Service, Castle in the Sky. Yeah. Uh So the, you're I've you're seen, aware of yeah. his films and yes. I'm sort of same as you. I haven't seen all of them but I've seen a good deal. And they're basically the only Japanese animated movies I've ever seen. I don't know if that's true for you as well. In a oh, lot of ways. Well, I've seen I've
1: I I am like totally ignorant. I was I did not grow up watching like Pokemon, Digimon, Dragon uh, Ball, Z. Dragon Ball Z, uh like there's stuff like I uh you know I haven't seen any of that. I've seen the films Akira, Ghost in the Shell and Perfect Blue. I've seen some like you know, it's like, I mean, I are Miyazaki's movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, are, are Miyazaki's films even really anime or are they just Japanese animated movies? I mean, people. I, I think they're know. anime.
0: I think, yeah. think they're. I mean, we're just, not exactly like experts on
1: animated films, but. No. Well, no. I mean, I've seen a lot of animated movies, but I don't know exactly what t- classifies anime, but. Uh, he, You should say that, unlike a lot of movies these days, they're uh, old
0: school hand-drawn, hand-drawn yes.
1: animation.
0: Take a very um, long time in production. I think this one has been production for something like eight years. And that's why a lot of people were saying that this was going to be his last movie. I think that's what he said. But well, he also said that about his previous movie, The Wind Rises. And apparently now... Well, he
1: said that multiple times in his yes, career.
0: Apparently now, though, he's storyboarding his next one. So maybe... Yeah. In, 2030 we'll get another miyazaki movie if he's still alive i know that he's a heavy smoker so maybe that'll affect uh, his he's future
1: 80, yeah he's 83 turned 83 in january this year so. yeah he
0: might just be one of these people who's just bulletproof though like ridley scott um yeah but so you saw this subtitle yes now
1: do you want to try to explain the plot of this movie more? no i, I did not did, yeah. <laughs> no uh
0: but i, I mean, loved I... it it hit me in all the feels when i was watching oh it. yeah I, I
1: actually think this is one of the best movies he's ever done. I agree. And I think the one of the reasons... You know, it, I, I've always been an admirer of his films, but I don't have, like, an emotional attachment to them. Like, people love studio ghibli films they love yeah. his films like they have tattoos of them yeah on exactly. them. So, You know, it's like they, they they have this like real deep attack and i've never felt that way like i've just always like always oh, you know his films are very well done and i like them you know but like i don't think i've ever seen one of his films more than once mm-hmm. uh and this movie i thought was just i mean this is it really is one of the weirder movies I've ever seen. Like, it's a weird, trippy movie. Oh, yeah. It's a weird fantasy, like, not, like, in the way Alice in Wonderland, but it has this just, like weird collection of characters and it when some
0: things go. that are like kind of gross and like off-putting which i think it's really like a pg-13
1: film you know? yeah it's like i don't i don't know that it really like deserves pg-13 i don't know why it's not pg but oh man but there's...
0: there's some bits in it right uh, yeah i think some they children the under 13 might have some nightmares of,
1: of some... but that's i mean but you go back and watch like the disney
0: classics like they're supposed it's good to scare kids i agree but, but I know the MPAA usually generally leans conservative on these types of things. Now we're starting to see well, things rated for like smoking and stuff. Oh, like it's that.
1: ridiculous!
0: Like it's like virtually impossible to
1: make a G-rated movie. Like to get a movie rated G these days, like you. It's like every animated film, even if it's like. You know, it's like you know something's rated PG for mild action and peril and yeah, peril is
0: hilarious. Like the potential
1: of threat is too upsetting know, like, for like, a general why audience. Is, <laughs> why is uprated PG?
0: Because you know, because there's tragedy. I know, but yeah, but it's like you know. <laughs> Well, the like thing is, the... like, most people probably would have experienced a personal tragedy that would have set them far more than what they're seeing up. So to, to try to protect them from things like that is is sort of silly. I'm very much on the same page as you with this one. But I mean, this is it's a it's a very weird movie. I don't think this one is necessarily even targeted like for kids. Uh, I would not take anyone uh, who's single digit age. to see it. Yeah, one. I don't think I would. I also don't think they would quite know what's going on i think i don't this, know what's going on <laughs> but, well this is like i mean all of his movies Not are mature, though. to some extent like uh spirited away is a pretty mature movie princess mononoke is like an outright like violent movie um but this one even for his standards is is quite mature i mean it's another one of the sort of old masters dealing with themes as he's sort of nearing death a, a big part of it is sort of Uh, The idea of someone who's created a world, passing that world on to the next person, um, which you could obviously see uh, parallels with him. And I think his son, who is also involved in Studio Ghibli, I don't want to read too much of this and psychoanalyze Hayao Miyazaki. um, You really should see the dubbed version though, because some of the vocal performances are legitimately the best vocal performances I've, I've ever seen in an animated movie. Florence Pugh... Uh, plays an uh, old woman and then the same person as a young woman in a way that I thought was extraordinary. And Robert Pattinson uh, plays the, the titular heron, and probably the best vocal performance I've ever witnessed. Like no, I can't even like think of another one that would even approach it. Um, so I understand. I know you're a big guy seeing things in its original format and, and seeing things subtitled in its original language, but. As you mentioned, uh when we crossed over to this while we were discussing Godzilla Minus One, it is an animated movie. All animated movies are dubbed. So I don't I think you can excuse yourself by seeing a dubbed version of The Boy and the Heron, because uh it was kind of like the standout thing from watching it. I mean, obviously the the drawings are extraordinarily beautiful. The plot is it's really compelling. It's got some emotional moments that like legitimately had me on the verge of tears. I didn't quite fully break down in the movie theater, but I was very close to it. But uh, the vocal performances were like really, really, really good in the dubbed version. I had read some stuff before I saw it that people were saying, like, is this the greatest dubbed movie of all time? And I was like, surely the vocal performances aren't that good, but they they really were. And it's something. I mean, have you? I guess watched all of his movies subtitled, or have you watched any of the dub versions?
1: I don't recall ever Cause... watching any of. I, I'm. I saw Ponyo in the theater. I'm pretty sure I saw the original language version, but uh, I I don't have a. But they they get like
0: amazing. I mean, it's yes. Like, How, How's Moving Castle <laughs> is
1: like Bacall. Yeah, know, it's like, exactly. It's,
0: So these are the the few foreign movies I've never actually watched a Miyazaki movie in its original language. I've only ever watched dubbed versions, Um, which I feel, you know, I'm also someone I'd never watch dubbed stuff ever. Like I'd watch stuff in subtitles. I think it's it's a good thing to watch things in their original, original language. But these movies are the one sort of thing I allow myself the exception because, like you said, the cast that they get are really incredible. And it seems like everyone who is involved is pretty committed to the vocal performance and fleshing out their roles. It's not just like a paycheck thing where they show up and, you know, sit in a booth and don't really care about what's going to happen. It seems like, especially for this one, the one vocal performance in the dub version that I found really odd was Christian Bale voices the dad. And he's got like this strange mid-century Brooklyn accent that... I was kind of distracting at some points, to be honest. Um, so that's a criticism of the dub that I have. But
1: which is worse, this or Joaquin Phoenix doing his Napoleon accent,
0: which is yeah. more unreal? <laughs> um, the Christian Bale one is worse. It it literally took me out of the movie a couple times. Like uh, even at the beginning, he I- wasn't. At least he wasn't doing Batman. I, I am the father. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't doing that. But it was strange. And I assume most people who were seeing this in the United States. Well, well, I don't know. It seemed like there was a pretty good balance between showing subtitled versions and dubbed versions. Uh, yeah. From, from what I was looking at. Um, there was like a
1: four t- show times a day and like two were dubbed and two were. Sub-
0: yeah, times. which is kind of interesting. And I know that this is performed. I think it is the highest performing Miyazaki movie through box office in the US. I know it had the highest debut. Um He's only been nominated for an Oscar once or has he never been? Do you know? He won for Spirited Away. I'm pretty sure it Spirited Away?
1: Or was it House Moving Castle?
0: Uh I'm gonna do some live th-
1: research. Do, do you think that uh it, this or Spider-Man's gonna win?
0: Uh, it's I really it like
1: Spider-Man, but it I mean Spider-Man is Spider-Man so man invin-
0: stuff has gotten so crazy though. Like, have you seen the like letterbox thing, like the best hundred what is it uh, like Warner Brothers movies or whatever? Ever And like the two Spider Verse movies for one and two, and it's like yeah, they're pretty good, but I think like maybe *Lords of Arabia* and *Taxi Driver* are better. So he won the
1: Oscar for Spirited Away*, nominated for *House Moving Castle* and *The Wind Rises*, and he was given an honorary Oscar the year after *The Wind Rises*.
0: Okay, so he so he has been recognized before, um, yes. But uh, I mean, this blows *Spider Verse* away. Like, I like those movies, but like this is like a real like all-time classic about something kind of movie in a way that spider-verse just is not and like the animation in spider-verse is really good it's got a good story it's got good vocal performances as well um but it just seems like they're operating on a different playing field to some extent uh it would be like uh the runner-up but it would be the runner-up yes you know like pretty pretty big runner-up yeah um it's it's a very difficult movie to describe really um but it has my mom my mom
1: afterwards said it's beautifully animated but it doesn't make any sense i'm like well then ha- movies don't have to make sense <laughs> you know oh well, yeah it, it's yeah. kind of like uh, i mean it's Lynchian almost not as yes. threatening but it's like it just had it's like you kind of just okay there's these like little white like <laughs> cute creatures floating in the sky and there's like murderous parakeet army <laughs> and, like it just yes. it's like you just have to kind of go with it i mean yeah. the, the 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 whole thing with like the person in the hair and like the hair it's like that's kind of disturbing i mean there's yeah. some there's, and, and there's also just like this like uh just the whole th- like what is even real like there's like people that turn into like water
0: and, you know it's, yeah it's just, yeah, it's, it's like, like a elemental. legitimately weird movie. I mean, I think Lynchian yeah. is, it's like very dreamlike. Uh, I had the I had this uh, funny
1: exchange with my friend Luke where we were, t- like, this is uh, very much like a super film nerd thing to say. But once he said, you know, Solaris isn't one of the weirdest films ever made. And I'm like, <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke. Yes, it absolutely is. But it's like we made the distinction that Solaris is not like one of the 25 top 25 weirdest films of all time but it's probably in the top 50 like boy yeah. in the heron is not like eraser head uh you know alejandro jodorowsky's el topo and the holy mountain weird but i would probably put it
0: top 50 weirdest movies i've ever seen yeah, i mean yeah i mean definitely like top 1.1 of all the movies ever committed. it's like it is among the, the strangest um but it also works, I think. It, it really works but it's also really heavy like the opening scene is a massive fire that breaks out in the main it's not like a spoiler because it happens in the first three minutes where his mom dies and it's like yeah really tragic and i was not what's, necessarily what's with, prepared for that what, i was gonna say like what is like you know there's
1: a whole thing about like every, like three out of four disney movies is like it starts with the dead mother that's like a, <laughs> a classic thing
0: Well, it's Uh, just, I I don't know. I guess it's such like a universal kind of thing. Everyone can relate to the loss and sense of trauma that you would feel in that situation because it's such a strong elemental thing, like a person's love for their mother and the sense of loss that you would feel, especially at a young age for that relationship and that connection to be severed so suddenly. Um, Do you know what Stephen King said was
1: the first film that ever scared him? Was Bambi? Yeah, because he yeah. said that it, he didn't really realize that his parents could die before watching that movie. And, and then he was like, oh, my God,
0: a sudden realization. Yeah. Was yeah. Bambi
1: rated G? Surely it was. Well, that was before the ratings.
0: But, uh, <laughs> oh, was it? I thought that was yeah. only when the ratings were G and R. Or I guess yeah. it was a little before that. Well, there I was don't... no ratings until the 60s. So until the Hayes like, Code really... was abandoned, basically. Yeah. some but, real uh, film bird he... stuff there.
1: Yeah, you know who's supposedly doing the live action Bambi film? Sophia Coppola,
0: Sarah, Sarah Polly Whoa, that's yeah, gonna be, be really sad.
1: bambi's mother's gonna have alzheimer's oh my god but uh but no no i mean i boy in the herons i don't know if it'll make my top 10 but like i have a like running list of things that like are serious contention like
0: it's it's like uh, on the border like it's it's up there for me I, i mean that's yeah that's an episode we'll do in the future it's not necessarily something i've thought a lot about so far, but I would be hard pressed to imagine that it will not be in my top 10. Um, I was blown away, might be too much of an exaggeration, but like, I don't know. I felt like uh, it was definitely one of those ones where you see it and you feel like you really went through something. And like, it, I wouldn't say like it improved me as a human being or I have a better understanding of what it means to be alive and a, and a person. But it it approached that, I I, th- I certainly would say. And that's sort of well, what you want from, like, really good movies made by all tour directors.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like there's something just so fulfilling about watching a master filmmaker. I get that. You know, someone who's in his uh, his early 80s making something as good as he's ever made. I feel the same way about, like, Scorsese, The Killers of the Flower Moon. Like, mm-hmm. these are filmmakers that have been doing it for, you know, like, 50 years. 60 years miyazaki not quite as long but i
0: mean it's like they're making films as good as they've ever made i think yeah or like the fablemans i i, I felt that way seeing the fablemans about spielberg i was like is this my favorite steven spielberg movie <laughs> it's like it, it might be um so yes. I, I would love to see him make another one but i think it would be very fitting for this to be his last movie in some he way you
1: should just use ai to make him quicker yeah right <laughs>
0: uh, yeah <laughs> I can't imma-
1: I can't imagine like you know like say, AI could never make this movie. No. You know. No. no, It really could. I mean I remember this, I remember Nicholas winding Refin and the guy who directed Drive uh put in ai like to like see what it would come up with based on his like stuff and it like like warned him like you need to seek help <laughs> it, it actually like like for a warning about like you you need i may be lying about that but it's like, no, you but might I mean,
0: harm others or harm yourself
1: <laughs> i know but uh you know it's it's interesting how like miyazaki like my neighbor todoro is like one of the most like soft yes yes like, it's like it's like a cloud of a movie you know what I mean it's just like yeah. so like not in an empty way at all but just it's like it's one of the most gentle like there's like it's like so you know and then this it's like a hug the, of a movie in a lot of ways yeah and uh you know the I mean you just love like I mean it's like with um there's certain directors where like even like I remember seeing Mad Max Fury Road and my friend just under his breath not even like saying it to me or someone else he was just like this is just my fantasy this is just my fantasy and i it's like it, there's certain directors like even though like you absolutely wouldn't want to be in the world yeah. of mad max but like you're just like you're so glad you're in like this creation of like george miller with mad max or a miyazaki film or wes anderson and his best films like you just there's so much joy of like being in a world that's like so fully realized
0: well in a lot of ways it seems like And i mean obviously his movies are made by committee he's not drawing every frame of it um but i think a lot of animated movies tend to be a more sort of by committee kind of production all movies are obviously but you would like a single voice to be the driving force behind it and for there to be a unifying vision by one person who really knows what they're doing and i don't know maybe anime animation is uh is one of the ways a sort of singular vision can be most realized because you do really control all aspects of the production. Um, it's not like, and in some ways accidents are what makes like movies great. I was at uh, the Andre Bazin sort of idea of the wind blowing in the trees and stuff like that. Like something a director cannot control is one of the things that makes movies alive. Um, but it is really cool to see a director have total control over all aspects uh, of what you're seeing and for it to, really be incredible and, and make you feel something and, and make like, you feel like you're seeing something very different and new like i mean i'm not i mean pixar has made many like truly wonderful like
1: great works of art and you know even like dreamworks or illumination have made fun films but like the, he, he, miyazaki i'm sure i'm not sure like in his early career but like i i can't imagine for the last few decades at least like he is not making a film unless he's like Fully 100%. convinced yeah.
0: Well, like he's, it's
1: totally on his own terms. I would yeah. assume,
0: yeah. Uh, and and something he feels like he needs to tell, at least, right. That's what this one. It felt very urgent, um, like without,
1: the,
0: yeah. But not not in a like a,
1: a forced way or anything like that, right? Yeah. So yeah, I yeah, I I, very I love much, that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, see it dubbed or subtitled. It's still playing in a number
0: of theaters. Um, yeah, I, I noticed. uh and it's no, doing and it's doing pretty well. Um, and I know his reputation has only grown as his career has gone on, and people discover him every year. I know uh, I was watching a YouTube video of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Scorsese talking about the yes. movies, uh, and apparently Scorsese had never seen a Miyazaki movie until. Uh, dicaprio told him about them so even people like martin scorsese he's one of the most plugged in and aware of world cinema of anyone in the world had had never seen them and it, he really liked them so if they're on good a, enough for scorsese they're good yeah, enough for
1: anybody on on the last sight and sound poll of the 250 greatest films that came out at the end of 2022 two of his movies were on the list yeah so, there you go yeah
0: i think his reputation will only grow from here on and in- like I think this is my favorite that I've ever seen. Is that is I that might true be for mine well? too. I I mean I like I said I have not
1: seen any of his movies more than once, but I after this one viewing, it's certainly in, in my estimation one of his absolute best. And what's funny is he's actually kind of a grumpy, cynical guy, and in yeah, he he's seen like <laughs> he's like you know you know, but his movies are so like uh, humane, life affirming. I know yeah. there's, like, darkness and loss in his movies, but there's such, like, there's such, you know... He, I'm not saying that he's not like that in all real life, too, but, like, I like I give him major props. Like, you know, he didn't come to the Academy Awards when he won for Spirited Away because he was protesting the Iraq War, yeah. the America's involvement. So it's like, you know... He's like, a man yeah. of principles. Yeah, so I, I very much like this film. So definitely very... It's seemingly very different movies, but also similar films are both like involving World War II. They're both, you know, genre movies, you know, fantasy. Both written
0: and directed by a single person. I haven't seen enough of uh, Takashi Yamazaki's movies to know if he probably is an auteur, though. I'm I'm sure we can call him that. I mean, he writes, directs, and does the visual effects for all of his movies. I just haven't seen any other ones.
1: Yeah, it actually had that in the credits that it's like special, written, directed. And, and special, special effects. Effect. I, I know, that's really cool.
0: You never see that, yeah. <laughs> I know. So yeah, both ones we really liked. What a great weekend in December where two of the top three were international movies. I know that cinema is dying and theaters are dying, but little glimpses and rays of hope emerge in the darkest of times. So uh, I hope everyone checks these two movies out. I think uh, Godzilla Minus One is more accessible in a lot of ways, uh, but they're both extraordinary movies uh it's really nice to see international movies make an impact in the united states um so we will be back shortly with uh reviews of a couple more fantastical motion pictures so thank you for listening and we will be back with you next time